Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. to this very special episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Uh, you know what? I am incredibly excited. I think that the the, uh, the other gentleman here, I'm John Roca. I'm Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. Uh, we are incredibly excited to uh, welcome uh, a certain gentleman to the uh, show. Uh, this is my third time, as we just mentioned a few seconds ago, off camera, talking to this gentleman. But it is the first time for these two, Michael and Shannon, to talk to this incredible voiceover artist yeah. who has like just been one of the people that kind of when you talk about voiceover artists he is one of the first people that comes to mind incredibly sweet soul a guy who's been quite uh, um, I don't know he's quite, he's been quite a, uh, a what do they call that thing that's like oh, a firmament in the stars of oh, people golly. who've grown up for wow. decades listening to the characters he's created uh, you know you've seen him uh, you've heard him rather on Animaniacs uh, you've seen him in Body Double but you've seen him you've heard him in Animaniacs you've heard him in so so many different uh, animated series, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, um, and uh, he has a new book out that I am uh, looking forward to reading. Uh, it is called Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Geek Buddies our first interview ever. What? Rob Paulson. Hey. Well, thank hey. you so much, John, for that. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for lowering your standards. Oh, please. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, I have had the great good fortune of speaking with you more than once. Yes. And it is uh, always a pleasure. Uh, but I did. I did not know that I was your first actual guest. Yeah, you're our first straight up guest. We've straight up guest. We've had a few people on the show to talk about geeky things. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but you're you our first interview. We felt subject. you were the one that we just wanted to focus on a hundred percent. Thank mm-hmm. you. And John, Gosh. that was a lovely introduction. Was it? I Thank say, you. I just want you to know that the third time he met with me, that's the way he introduced me. <laughs> but, oh, so it's but not after that all big these deal? years, it, it goes uh, away after a while. In the twentieth one, it's just he's going to start giving uh, you shit. It's, it's the fourth one where it starts to get rough. Is that right? So he had me at firmament. Okay. It's not often that one is uh, is you know talks about one's career with respect to animation and then firmament hey, shows up. And at my age, me, uh, anything that suggests being firm is. He a good called thing. me illustrious <laughs> once. Now is he it? just calls me asshole. So. No, I do not. How dare you? How dare you, no, sir? And this is great. And uh, I uh, I am um, very flattered, uh, not only by your far too kind introduction, but. Um, uh, the the fact that you that we you know you continue to be kind enough to let me darken your audio Please. door that's really cool man it, thank it, you so much dude it's always a blast to talk to you Rob because you know uh, there you know the, the the world of voiceover is full of people who 
help each other and are Boy, positive about each isn't other. Isn't that the freaking truth? I know. It, and so it's a world I love to go back to and revisit when it comes to my shows and interviewing people yeah. on my shows. You know, Yuri and I used to have that old sure. show, cast of characters and uh, what we did with it, bringing people to talk about their world. And, you know, Rob was one of the ones that always stuck with me because Rob has been through so much and encountered so much and been a warrior through uh, his career to achieve what he's achieved. But he's always given back. And Thank that's you. that's always been a fantastic fantastic thing, not just with your work, but also with your work with charities and with your work with people. And now this book chronicles another um, journey in your life, and that was overcoming throat cancer later on in life after you'd already established this incredible career, something that would scare so many people. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, (laughs) right? Guess what? What do you do for a living? Oh, I make funny noises. Hmm. I know. Why don't you get throat cancer? (laughs) But uh, thank you. And and I I will certainly accept your kind compliment in the spirit in which it was so generously delivered. But... um, I, you know, you could truncate that whole thing. I have had a remarkable career, and I've been a very, very fortunate guy. You guys all know, being out here in Hollywood, um, there is, to be sure, a component of luck to all of this. However, if you live long enough and you continue to get lucky over and over again, you realize that the axiom uh, that says uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation is pretty freaking true. Yeah. Um, not just for me and you guys. You guys are all successful in this brave new world of podcasting mm. and social media. But you mentioned Yuri and all the people whom I've gotten to work with for years. Maurice LaMarche, Frank Welker, Peter Cullen, Tress McNeil, Nancy Cartwright, Dan Castellaneta, you know, on and on and on and on and mm. on. Um, the reason they continue to work is because they're pretty goddamn good at their jobs. Yeah. And they continue to work really hard. Um, the I think you guys know better than anyone how how quickly things change, you know, mm-hmm. especially with respect to this social media and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you just rest on your laurels and you say, well, I got a bunch of people and followers and I'll just do the same thing over and over again. Well, you you are not the flavor of the month forever. Yeah. And part of the challenge of having the instantaneous nature, I think, of shows like this that are very entertaining, but you you got to keep the bar high. You got to keep going and get content out there. And yeah. I've learned that a lot. I, I've met a number of kids now who are, you know, YouTube influencers and stars. <laughs> For I, everybody at home, you just put that in quotes. Yeah, that's oh right. Oh my God. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. And so uh, a few months ago, I do a lot of work in Nickelodeon and uh, they, the folks at Nick had said, Hey, we're, uh, we're doing this uh, 35th anniversary of Ninja Turtle retrospective, and we're going to have you uh, talk about it. And then we're going to have this kid named Alex Wasabi, who's a real sweet kid mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I'd never heard of him, and I'm sure he never heard of me. He knew exactly what I did right. because he's 28. But So I had this lovely chat. Charming young man, really handsome, really bright. So he's on YouTube. I've never seen him. Right. One thing led to another, and I said, so how many YouTube fans here? I don't know, 13, 14 million. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I said, but check this out. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I love, I love reminding myself how crazy this business is. I said, so what do you do? He goes, well, I just pretty much video my life and have a good time. And my girlfriend and I go on trips and we do stuff. And, you know, people just like to see them do their shit. Yeah. But I said, so how, how often do you shoot? He goes, oh, every day. How often do you edit? Every day. So you put content every day. Seven every day. And I, and he, I said, edit yourself? He goes, well, I finally hired someone to edit it for me. But yeah, we put new content out every day because we have to keep up. So then I said, have you monetized it? And he looked at his partner. He kind of chuckled. He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, one, you know, I didn't ask him. I don't want to bother him. But Somebody finally said, yeah, it's about three large a day. Three grand. That's a million dollars a year. Yep. 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 At 29. He's been doing it since he was 14. Mm -hmm. Every day. Yeah. I I don't know how people do that. I I mean, I go to work, fortunately, every day. uh, But somebody calls me and says, you show up there and you're going to be at Warner Brothers for a couple of hours and they'll pay you this much money and you do your, here's the script and you go home. Every day? <laughs> so that's all is to say what these guys are doing yeah. 
is pretty remarkable, and it yeah. takes so much effort. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of discipline. I'm, I'm friends with that's a few casting. Better, that's director. a better word. Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. Uh, I I had a casting director friend of mine, and we were talking about you know trying to move careers forward, and he was saying you know do you have Twitter? Like, well, nah, nah, I don't. He's like, not only should you have Twitter, you should be tweeting two or three times a day. I'm like, I can't think, I can't guarantee two or three witty things every day. Yeah. <laughs> but we're in the we're in the realm in which our our former president, you know, was granted an interview with a young lady who's famous right. for sitting in a bathtub full of cereal. Yeah, and yeah. that is not an aspersion; it's true. Yeah. So, and Barack and his people, well, listen, four million people today watch her. Okay. okay. I don't. I'm not going to sit in the cereal, but she is. Yeah. So, <laughs> Give me some fruity pebbles and let's do this. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? There, I, and I have to say, I, I, I never had a problem with any of that. I, I, and and it's not because I'm, you know, special or hypersensitive. But I'm not one of those guys who looks at the Kardashians. And go, oh, geez, the those girls haven't broken any laws. They bust their ass. They're worth zillions. Yeah. And they apparently, you know give money back and all that but regardless this is capitalism good for them yeah yeah i got no problem with that nothing they do uh is harmful right in fact if i could find a way to you know find somebody would pay me a couple hundred million bucks a year to say or whatever it is if you tweet this out we know that a hundred million people are going to read it or 20 million so we'll pay you five grand for doing something it takes you five seconds why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm grateful to be in part of any of this because it helps people like me in my age. I've got a brand new career now with respect to kind people like John, you guys, social media, because I'm engaged in it and I'm jumping into it, trying to learn instead of going, ah, you know. These kids today. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. It, because and you can do that. And I, we all have friends who do do that. Right. But if I want to continue to be relevant. And I don't just want to be a hired gun. I want to try to up my game. I have to do this. So I am all about these wonderful opportunities because you never know when the next person listening is going to, A, be inspired. Right. And B, kind of go, well, you know, I'm putting together a show. Let's call these guys. And it's just – it's a. I like the fact that we have control. It mm -hmm. requires discipline. But we have the – we can control it. Yeah. We can do it ourselves yeah. on our time. I love that. Yeah. No, it's it's very true, and you you just that's the thing is these opportunities you just never know what's going to lead to what exactly and open the door to what and then what that how that's going to change your life or take you in a new direction you know and put you in a position to explore something new in that's your world. That's exactly right, and right? and I have had a podcast on and off for the last like yeah eight years seven years. I did it utterly as a labor of love mm -hmm. because I realized one day and I have a slow period in my career and I realized one day, God, on, on my cell phone, I can call virtually anybody who's ever done a, a, a cartoon character that's loved by millions and mil Bart, you know, Batman, the Joker, Yakko Wacko Dot, the brain, all these people, I can call them up and people love seeing world-class talent start going hello nurse or narf <laughs> they all do that it's the most glorious thing in the world shannon shannon, shannon just looked like a, a five-year-old on christmas morning yeah. that was great look at his face is red and i have to tell you the only people it affects in a more positive way are those of us who are lucky enough to do it it yeah. is the most glorious aspect of our career and i never made a dime finally nerdist offered me a gig and i got some money but it wasn't ever about that yeah just having fun having fun and just what John t touched on, um, you start to cultivate uh, this different kind of following uh, at the same time that Comic-Cons are springing up like zits on a 12-year-old, mm -hmm. man. They're everywhere. So my little podcast now is something when I go to do a convention in Chicago, when uh, it'll say, here's who's coming, they'll say, Rob Paulson, Pinky, uh, Raphael, Talking Tunes podcast. My podcast is something that people use as a way to draw folks yeah, in. Yeah. And it was never about that. Not It was never about anything mm. but this. So I'm grateful no, to have we jumped We totally in. relate. I mean, for us, it's the same thing. I mean, the reason that we started doing Geek Buddies yeah. is that we've been friends for 20-odd years. 20 uh, years. in college. Yeah. And, and that's the secret. Yeah. I, yeah. All the people I speak to are people I've known for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, like, it's not like I need another show. But no, the three God. of us three of us have been talking about Isn't this great? for a long time. And we're like, we're going to build it from scratch, see what happens. You never know. You know, Michael's a, Michael's an executive producer, showrunner for animated series like uh, the, the uh, uh, My Little Pony. Michael was oh, all over that. Gosh. Well, and, you know Tara Strong like crazy. Oh, oh yeah. I know Tara Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I know Tara. Yes. We got to get her on. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That'll She's be a whole fantastic. separate show. Yeah. She's great. Um, and then Shannon has been a longtime actor, and he's now writing an animation as well. Good for, for you. I don't know if I can say what he's writing because like those mm, things are kind of no, okay, no, I can't no, say. No, no, but he's been writing a few <laughs> few episodes and I've Fantastic. gotten the chance to voice over some of his lines which is one of my greatest experiences Isn't ever. Isn't it a blast? Yeah. yeah. Well, friends working with friends. It's like we say on My Little Pony. Friendship yeah. is it's magic. magic. <laughs> but honest to God, man, you are so right and I, I look, I, I you're talking to a lottery winner. I go to work every day with people with whom I choose to spend my free time. Yeah. They're yeah. my Good friends, Frank Welker, Peter Cullen, Tress McNeil, Maurice LaMarche, over and over again. And they also happen to be crazy freaking talented. Mm. And they're still – I've known Tress McNeil for 40 years. Wow. And she is the most prolific voice actress in the history of Hollywood, period, end of story. 600 episodes of The Simpsons alone. Babs Bunny, Dot Warner, uh. Daisy Duck. I mean go on. <laughs> you know, crazy <laughs> Cat Lady, Mom on Futurama. Babs Bunny is my favorite. Right. Yep. Isn't that something? And I've known her since she was a cocktail waitress. So to, <laughs> to watch the, the, the stars of my friends rise and then go, oh, my God, we're still working together. Oh, hey, did you get? Yeah, I did. Oh, I guess we're working again. Yeah. And that's not an accident. Yeah. These guys are all so, Billy West over and over again. John DiMaggio over and over again. Mm. Um, well, and it goes along with what you said. Opportunity meets. Uh, uh, yeah. Preparation. 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 Exactly. And and. Some of the first jobs that I got were because of my friends, like totally. building that community along with opportunity. I mean, that's that's what makes a career. Right? But it's the opportunity and preparation together because you are right. A lot of us got opportunities because of our friends, mm. because of people we we're friends with. But if you don't deliver, Gotta if you're deliver. not prepared, you're right. you get one shot at it and then that's what you get. And are, I think, are you saying you think I'm a good writer? I mean, we're still working oh. together, so you must have, oh, so you here must it have is. prepared. Here still it is. pulling them, baby. <laughs> but it is, but it's, it's that, it's that, it's, that's, the, that's the secret sauce is when you have those friends yes. that you know that you can rely on, you know when you recommend them, they're going to come in and impress everybody and deliver, and they know that about you, and that's the magic. And it that's is. where you end up having those 40-year rela- uh, working relationships. Totally. Yeah. And the other thing that happens, and you touched on it earlier, John, is the, uh, the, the, the generous nature of people in this business. Mm-hmm. I started my career a hundred years ago, you know, doing live action like everybody else. Um, and I was doing a lot of stuff. But the cool thing about animation is that it, nobody gives any goddamn what you look like. So right. I'm working more now than I was when I was 30. Um, and I've had jobs where somebody will say, I'll walk into the session and say, uh, I'm so sorry. It's a pleasure to meet you, but have I met you before? No, no, blah, blah, blah. I heard about you, but never had the pleasure. We're going to work together. I, I, I didn't audition. But, oh, Frank Welker told us we should hire yeah. you. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank said, if you want the guy that really can do this, I can do it. But Rob can. Re-. And by the same token, I'll say, you know, the guy, I can do this. But the guy who will kill it is Jeff Bennett. Call Jeff Bennett. And then what happens, just like you said. Is that the, the, the people with whom you work trust you, then you suggest someone to them. And they trust you. And they trust you. Yeah. And then your friend walks in and kills it. And all it does is make it, it – the high tide raises all boats. You're happy because I recommended somebody. They come in and kill it. And you say, you know what, Rob? That guy was great. Now I got something that's totally in your wheelhouse. Come on back in. Or you know what? That show's over. I'm producing something else. And now I really want to have you and your friend come back. Happens all the time. And I think a lot of it is because it's not about the way we look. It's not about anything but utter creativity. Yeah. It, 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 it's, I love that. Um, and I had to get through my own feelings of uh, ageism about myself because people would call me – happened on this, the second go-around I had with Ninja Turtles. Um, Cyril Nielli and Brandon Allman, you know, had got the reins to go to Nickelodeon and mm-hmm. Viacom bought the show and – they said uh, – my agent called and said, hey, man, uh, you probably heard but Viacom has got turtles. I said, yeah, wow. How about that? Who knew? Because right. I was Raphael in the original one. Who knew this thing would be so good? This was 2012. Yeah. And still going. Not, yeah. not, still never going. stopping. Yeah. Six billion dollars in merchandise later. <sighs> so they said – that she said they want to hear, hear you read uh, for Donatello and I said – do, do they know who I am? 
<laughs> not, not out of arrogance. Right, right. But because it had been 20 years. Yeah. And, and there had been iterations that had nothing to do with the original cast. And I'm fine with that. The franchise is big. They, and it's not, again, because they can hire whomever they want. So you're a producer. You get the franchise. You want to put your own stamp on it. Great. And so I was the one going, I'm 50, what, three years old. Uh, do they know who I am? And she called back and she says, oh, no, no, they know exactly who you are. But now the kids who grew up watching it are the ones in charge. And so they were like, God, you know, we love Turtles. And Rob did something that we like on another type of show. And maybe would he, would he come and read for Donatello this time? And I'm, Well, if you're cool with it, I am. I just didn't <laughs> want to get in there and have him say, well, oh, my God, that's right. He was Raphael. Well, he's here. Let's, let, you know, let's throw the old guy a bone. You know, and it wasn't false modesty. It's just that we don't get recognized walking down the street. Yeah. When people find out who I am, all it does is make them happy, and I'm, I love that. But I, I, I'm not cognizant of fame. I'm not cognizant of celebrities. I don't right. draw them. I don't write them. I'm just the actor. So when it came back to me, I was like, oh no, no, they exactly who you are. It's not about your age. Uh, are you okay reading? Well, of course, I'm not a movie star. Right. And I got the goddamn job. <laughs> I did another 120 episodes. And the glorious aspect of that whole experience, you guys, was that not one fan said to Nickelodeon, oh, my God, you couldn't get somebody else? No. He got right. Rafa. They all kind of said, how about that? The guy knew, this works great. And it's, a, it's an example of, of, the, best, of the best part of, of that, this gig. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the one who had to get over myself <laughs> because I was older and I was 10, 15, 20 years older than anybody else on the show. It mattered to no one but me. Right. And, and I learned a really valuable lesson late in my career. It was really cool. And it still is the best. You know, Frank Welker has been Freddie on Scooby-Doo since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> 50 years he's been on that show. Yeah. How about that? Well, Freddie's still looking good. Isn't that great? Is that looks a lot better than Frank, good. let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right, Frank? Yeah. Uh, well, you're here. And th this is all great, Rob, of course. But you're here to talk about this book. It's oh, about thanks, to come Bell. out. Yeah. Uh, October 8th is when it drops. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's only a few days away. Yeah. Uh, it's up available on Amazon. On now it's uh, for pre-order at eighteen ninety-five. It's uh, that's way cheap for what you're going. The wealth uh -oh. of information you're going to get in that book, I Bless imagine. Your heart. Um, <clears throat> talk to me about this, and, and or talk to us rather about this book and how it all came about, and like what what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Well, part of it is what I'm doing right now, having nice people to talk to about it. <laughs> um, the, well, clearly, there's uh, no secret as to why my name is Yakko because I haven't shut up for twenty fucking minutes already, but. <laughs> Pardon me, effing minutes. Oh, there it is. Um, anyway. Uh, I, I just need you to curse in Yakko's voice. That's oh, what I... That's, that's what he has to say. <laughs> Hello, my name is Yakko and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take, we'll take it. it. Phone's <laughs> ring. Hi, Rob. It's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Um, he does listen to our podcast. He does, he does yeah. <laughs> Steven is one of those quiet ones. Steve. <laughs> like, like we bowl together. Um, I, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, I... I have had a, re a really fun career, and, and um, probably seven, eight years, ten years ago, uh, fans who had grown up listening and watching the stuff that I and my friends have done and uh, now have children. So I would often hear, God, you know, you're still, especially after the second Ninja Turtle thing, dude, you should write a book. And I thought about it, but honestly, again, because uh, I'm not a celebrity in the traditional sense, and I, so I don't. I don't have uh, the I don't have the ego that has to be satisfied mm. for that reason. It doesn't I have an, an ego about my work because I'm proud of it, but I don't care about well, I'm going to write a book cuz I'm famous, you know. However, once I, the 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 throat cancer thing changed the whole paradigm. Yeah. Um it was uh <clears throat> the single most really difficult physical thing I've ever been through in my life. Yeah. Um, but I must tell you that when I was diagnosed, I was 59 years old. And you guys, even if the doctors had said, look, here's the deal, pal. You're, we'll keep you comfortable, but you better go home. It's been a hell of a run, and, and it's time to punch your ticket. You know, logistically, my wife would have had plenty of insurance. Mm. My son's married. I don't have little kids. And frankly, even if I had checked out, I got zero, I mean zero, to complain about. 
Nothing. Mm -hmm. No poor me, no why me. Why not me? We all know people who have had cancer. Right now, right now, somebody is getting a phone call, God bless them, about their five-year-old. You know, tests have come back. It looks like Katie has. Are you kidding me? How do people get through that? And they do it every day. Well, so that was not my circumstance. I was a grown person and had lived a full, wonderful life. But that's not what the doctors told me. They said, you have stage three throat cancer. Um, I've always been athletic. I don't smoke. I don't, you know, all of that. Shit happens. Hmm. And um, they said, here's the deal. We're pretty sure we can cure you. 80% chance. Not quite as sure that you'll be able to do your job at your level. You'll be able to speak and talk. We don't have to cut on you. It's going to be chemo and radiation. But even though we're virtually confident we can, uh, really confident we can cure you, we almost have to kill you. Hmm. And um, they were very kind to tell me about the truth because it's brutal. It's a rough, for obvious reasons, what we're doing right now, talking, tasting, swallowing. Um, It beats the daylights out of you. However, the reason the book made sense after that whole circumstance is because during the treatment, I had many weeks where I really just couldn't swallow, couldn't eat. I lost 50 pounds. Um, I had the same type of cancer that Michael Douglas did and and uh, oh, yeah. um, and uh, Roger Ebert. God bless him. He didn't make it. And he went out looking like a mess. And yeah. It's not a pretty way to go. Right. You have to start cutting off half your jaw to you know make you live for six more. It's just yeah. a mess. Um, so I was never going to have to go through that because they got it early enough. But to get rid of it, they beat the daylights out of you. But you know what, you guys... What I re- what what really helped me get through the most difficult parts of it were I had had uh, for decades talk about profiles and courage. I had examples of children and their families who did get the phone call. Yeah, and their little boy or girl wanted to talk to Yakko or wanted to talk to Raphael or wanted to talk to Pinky or wanted to talk to Carl Weezer or they would say. Yeah, we're not really turtle people. Do you know SpongeBob? <laughs> I, know, I know him, and I'll, I'll call him I'll right call now. Him right <laughs> now. <laughs> and God bless him, Tim, Tom, Kenny. Right away. How many people do I need to call? What do you want me to do? Who can? And not everybody. Well, everybody who do, Nancy Cartwright, Tara does it all. You know Tara. All yeah, the Tara. Time. Tara's always happy all to do the it. Time. Mm. Heart as big as Canada, right? And so I had had. Dozens of children whom I'd spoken to and their families for years. And many of them didn't make it. And the parents keep in touch with me and say, here's a picture of Jordy before he died of cystic fibrosis. And when you remember when you guys went to the um, Warner Brothers um, uh, commissary and you took them to a recording session for Animaniacs for the music. And this is great. And it was the last photograph that we have of him really smiling and all that. Well, He's been dead for 12 years, but I just want to tell you how much and not, oh. not and of course they were very nice to me, but it was about the power of these characters. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are in the business, yeah. but I promise you because the nature of this celebrity is different than a traditional sense, I never knew until social media conventions the extent talk my little pony, are you the number of people whose lives have been saved absolutely by my little pony the number of people who otherwise would be ostracized when i was a kid they were called retards and now there are places where they're embraced there are people who stand up for them you go to a comic convention and there are people who otherwise would have a have trouble buying a slurpee in their lives Mm -hmm. but in these events they're utterly comfortable Mm -hmm. protected happy joyful People don't look askance at them. So I had so many opportunities to talk to people and their children on the phone and go visit them in person or whatever over, I mean, decades. And over and over again. Turtles, yeah. But then Animaniacs. Then Pinky and the Brain. And then The Mask and The Tick and Biker Mice and Jimmy Neutron and, and Rick and Morty, for God's sake. And, I mean, and then Turtles again. So when it was my time in the cancer cage... And there were many times when I thought, I'm so sorry, I can't do this one more day. I can't do it one more day. I'm not being a baby. It's, but just, it, it's a lot. It just hurts so much. Yeah. Um, and then you think, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Remember Chad? Remember the kid that was in the wheelchair when you met him and he they thought he was going to make it to 13 and he made it to 26 and you talked to him and yeah, he's gone now. But that kid peed in a bag every day of his life and his parents every day of his life had to beat the Christ out of his back to loosen the phlegm in his throat, in his chest so he could breathe. And those parents, just like some who are listening now, get up every day, or people with kids on the autism spectrum, who even at 34, 35, their parents are starting to be my age and go, Jesus Christ, what happens when I die? What's going to happen to my sweet little girl when I check out? Who's going to take care of her? I don't have a $300 million or even a $300,000 trust fund set up for her. She's going to be a ward of the state. Who's going to take care of my little girl who will never know how to get a job? And she's lovely and wonderful with macrame or wonderful with drawing or can sing like a bird. But she doesn't know how to – she can't drive a car. Right. I never had to experience that. And these parents do things which are utterly heroic every damn day. Yeah. And I had the utter privilege of being involved with them in some very difficult, very uh, intimate times when their children were getting ready to go out and they were not going to leave the hospital unless it was in a bag. And the parents knew it when they were talking to me. I said, oh, my God, you don't know what it means for my little boy to talk to Raphael. Are you kidding me? Are you? I mean, I I still don't know how to get it, how to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. All of that conspired to get me through my relatively... You know, minor circumstance compared to it. Big deal for me, big deal for my family. It was really uncomfortable. But in the grand scheme of things, okay. So I get through it. I'm fine. I'm back to work. I'm Rob 2.0. I will not be the same. doesn't mean it will be bad. I will never look the same. I lost 50 pounds. I've gained about 15 of it back. Mm -hmm. I don't taste food quite the way I used to. Mm -hmm. I don't have uh, use of my saliva glands very much anymore. They got kind of torched, none of which was a surprise. But the trade-off is utterly worth it. And it's utterly worth it precisely for nice people like you like this to give me a circumstance to, to tell my story. You guys know because you're in the business of, of creating, um, you never know when the opportunity will come up to literally change someone's life. Mm. And I was doing it. All of us have been doing it just by doing our work. Like I said, I didn't realize until I would walk in and I would hear, I would meet people who would bring their autistic or child on the spectrum or child who'd suffered from wherever. And, uh, oh, Mr. Paulson, thank you so much for coming to, you know, New Hampshire. Well, I'm happy to be here. And, well, we drove from Florida because you will never know. Yeah, I, my mother had ovarian cancer and she didn't make it. But the last six months of her life, every day, all she wanted to do was watch Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> Wow. Uh, how do you even quantify that compliment? But none of that would oh. have happened. Sorry, that's my, that's my yours? Oh. Sorry. Sorry, but that's my parole officer calling me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's why the book is a big deal to me. Right. Um, are and, these tales in the book or yeah, these experiences yeah. all in the book? Oh, uh, fascinating. Uh, there are many. I mean, not all of them. Right, right, right. Sure, sure, sure. I use a couple. There's one young man I was discussing, the fellow who is um, little Chad Gazzola, who is since – gone to that big Comic-Con in the sky, but um, I met little Chad when he was four years old, and he was the uh, uh, poster boy, and God bless him, and his sister, both kids, which is not unusual, um, had muscular dystrophy in the same family. Um, He and his sister Mandy were both poster children for the Muscular Dystrophy Association of Southern Alberta, and I'm a hockey player. I got involved with a bunch of guys years ago, and we go play hockey, play uh, the old timers of National Hockey League teams to raise money for children's charities. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing; I can play hockey, and this is when turtles really hit. And they said, "Hey, dude, why don't you come and play with us?" And most of them were face guys. I mean, it's Richard Anderson and um, uh, Michael J. Fox and mm-hmm. uh, Matt Perry and um, Jason Priestley, Dave Coulier, all Richard Dean Anderson, all great players, Alan Thick, and lovely people. But they didn't really have anybody that was in, you know, and the charities were virtually all geared around children. So I had a blast. Um, and the very first game we played, actually two, we, I played with them in Edmonton and Calgary. So we played in Edmonton first and I brought 200 Ninja Turtle pictures with me. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> and I thought, whoa. So then we go the next night to play in Calgary, which is 100 miles south of Edmonton. And I'm out of turtle pictures. Anyway, it was great. I get there and somebody from 
the uh, Calgary Flames, we played their alumni, and they said, by the way, just so you know, the young fellow who is the poster child for MDA here in southern Alberta is a turtle freak. <laughs> He's a four-and-a-half or five-year-old little boy. His name is Chad Gazzola. And you guys, I've got the picture in my book, and I can probably show it to you tonight. It's on my phone. Sorry, that's, that's my wife's uh, text noise. And I told her I'm working. She's probably like, don't forget when you leave that you've got to do A, B, and C. Right. So your wife is your parole officer. Oh, totally. <laughs> She'd say it's a crime what that man does. <laughs> and so uh, they said, he's a turtle freak. Well, they, you know, little Chad comes out on his electrified we le- le- electric wheelchair covered in turtle stuff, wearing hmm. his bandana. You know, the turtle th- the wheelchair's got turtle stickers. He's got turtle pajama. I just, and of course, I just lost it. Same age as my son at the right. time. And, uh, and he immediately started calling me Raphael. Didn't matter to him that I was dressed in a, you know, my hockey stuff. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't say no. Or his pa- and I told his parents, don't correct him. Don't say, oh, no, his name is Rob. No, it's Raphael. He heard the voice. That was enough for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we really hit it off. And um, uh, it, this is a remarkable story. And it is the metaphor for all the other voice lessons. Um, I had, as I said, I'd run out of pictures. So all I had with me of any turtle value was my turtle crew jacket, which was a typical varsity jacket, you know, wool body and yeah. other sleeves. So his father said, can I bring Chad down to meet the hockey players? And of course, brings him downstairs. And so I said, Chad, I, I kind of ran out of my turtle pictures, but I got something even better. I've got this jacket. So, and then, you know, um, a couple of my buddies were like, well, you really are an idiot. I mean, we're in Edmonton, in Calgary, in February, and you just gave a kid your jacket. No problem. I'm a turtle, by God. So I signed the jacket, I, whatever, turtle power, Chad. And I said to him, this is a magical jacket. This, this jacket has turtle power. And it's, you know, it has Raphael, not Rob, it has Raphael, the photo, the picture, and Raphael in script on the jacket. Mm-hmm. So I gave him Raphael's jacket, signed it. And then, you know, he's, we go out to this big sh- soiree for the MDA, raising money, silent auction. Mommy, I want Raphael to sit with me. Okay. So I'm sa- he says, he's, uh, and of course, you know, he had no use of his hands and right. he's five sitting in there and, he's, and she went to feed him. He said, no, no, I, I want Raphael to feed me. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> so she said, are you, I said, fine, I got a kid. I know how to cut food and I'm all, <laughs> I know what projectile vomiting is all about. I got no problem. I've done it myself. Maybe, you know. So anyway, uh, she just said he has to cut her. I said, no, whatever you say. So we had a ball. Uh, about a half an hour into the event, he's got his turtle jack, you know, like a, like a, uh, like a sweater over his wheelchair and his shoulders. And he says, uh, hey, Raphael. I said, what is it, buddy? I think I can walk. Okay, well, I did exactly what you're doing. Mm. My eyebrows went, well, no, Rob, now you've done it, Rob. Now you've done it. And I didn't say... You can walk. Right. I said it's powerful. It's a magical jacket. And I said, oh, you better think fast because you're going to break everybody's heart. You know. And I said, let me, let me tell you something, Chad. Uh, I don't know that this is the best place to try that. Um, that's something you really should save for your mom and dad. It's a really big deal. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And he said, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I fall, it'll be embarrassing. I said, you're, and he's five, yeah. four or five, so precocious in the most lovely oh way. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, I said, wait, well, dodge that bullet. And I didn't mention anything to his parents. I just, okay. So we had this lovely evening. It all went great. And then for the next four years, I went to Calgary every, uh, every year to host their feed of the telephone <laughs> because they kept being the poster children. Anyway, I learned a lot. And what I talked about earlier is, like I said, how heroic parents are. And we, those are, we all know people who deal with similar issues, but when you don't have to do it every day, you know, we take stuff for granted. Mm. And, and I, we all do. So I learned what that's like. I saw this sweet lady, his, his mom, Edna, just every day almost tearful because she had to loosen the phlegm because often these children, you know, they're – their muscles don't allow them to sit up straight. They can't exhale and they, they right. get pneumonia and that's what kills them. So check this out. I kept in very close touch with them. They came and visited from Calgary when the kids drove – they brought, drove their kids down uh, to Disneyland, came and stayed at our – it was great. So a few years later, his mom calls me and says, hey, you got to hear this. 
that jacket. By the way, I'd sign the jacket every year when I'd go up. <laughs> still here, buddy. God bless you. Turtle power, cowabunga. Ridiculous. And uh, she said, um, you got to hear this. Chad is finally well enough to have uh, a, a procedure in which they uh, install two thin steel rods next to the, the spine so that the child can sit up straight wow. and breathe normally. Helps a lot with not having to work on expectorating all this phlegm yeah. and, you know, helps prevent pneumonia or it helps. Okay. Check this out, Rob. He refused to get the service unless he wore his turtle jacket. So the surgeons said to him, they were very smart. They said, I'll tell you what, Chad, you know, we're going to be straight up with you. We have to make an incision in your back. We don't want to mess up your turtle jacket because you only got one. Hmm. So we will sterilize the turtle jacket. We'll put it in a plastic bag and we'll put it over you so that when you start to go – and I already had several procedures. When you start to go to sleep, the jacket will be with you. And when you wake up, the jacket will be out of the bag and, and on you. Is that OK? And he said, that's OK. So he wore this tur- – he had to have the turtle jacket because he f- freaking believed it was powerful. And it was, mm. right? Kind of lost touch with him. And frankly, I thought, well – you know, he's probably passed away because mm-hmm. they said maybe 13, maybe 15. But, you know, again, you guys, them thanking me. Right, right. right. I, I don't even know how – you know what I mean? I got far more out of it than Chad and his family. Right, right. Okay, so we move on and thank you so much for having Chad and my – all that. Remember MySpace? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was on MySpace for 45 minutes and, and you know, <laughs> one day I get this thing that says, hey, Rob, it's Chad Gazzola and he's 23. And I said, Chad. Wow. How are you? Oh, dude, I'm great. He's got tats. He's got a <laughs> nose ring and his hair is purple. He's got flames on his wheelchair. <laughs> dude, I'm great. I've been up and watching you and I know you're doing this and all these other shows that you hadn't. I love Animaniacs. I love Jimmy Neutron. Dude, I'm so proud of you. He's proud of me. <laughs> 23. So after, about a month after we hooked up again online, I got a call to go to, the, that, to a, a new Comic-Con in Calgary. Mm. Uh, the you know, Calgary Entertainment Expo. 70, 80,000 people, a big show. So I called. He had another sister, Jen, who was not afflicted with uh, um, – Muscular dystrophy. Um, so I called Jen and I said, Jen, I'm coming up to Calgary. I really would love to see Chad. Don't tell him. Just I'm going to be at the blah, blah, blah this day. So this is where these things pop up, you guys, um, that are so serendipitous. And even if you don't believe in a higher power, you kind of go, wow, there's something. <laughs> the universe is moving in a strange way here to make these things, to conspire, to make all mm-hmm. this good stuff happen. So – my, Jess Harnell and myself were guests up there and we we're doing a, a talk in a 500-seat amphitheater about a Q&A with Animaniacs, uh, with Yakko and Wacko. OK, doing our thing. I, so <clears throat> his, uh, Jen was bringing Chad to this event. Uh, it was on, on stage and I just said, bring him backstage and all that stuff. Don't tell him that you know, that I know and you know, because he's going to think he's going to surprise me, but I know. OK. And I promise you, the last question I was asked before the end of the e- event was, what's the coolest thing that's ever happened to you about your life, about your career, rather? And so I told this story. Yeah. And it's in the book, and it still is so mind-blowing. And, of course, I said, you know, uh, I told him about the jacket and the fact that uh, he's still alive. They didn't. And I said, you know what, you guys? Chad Gazzola is right over there. <laughs> and he looked at me like that and his sister brought him out and the audience stood up. Wow. And, you know, it was not planned and it was perfect. Um, so Chad made it to about 25. He passed mm-hmm. away, I think, four years ago. Um, when I wrote the book, I called his mom and I said, I just want to have your permission not only to put a great picture of Chad in there, but I got I got it. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a really remarkable story, and it set the tone for so many other stories I have. Um, She said, of course. So I was up – we did another – went up to the Calgary thing again this March uh, to do another – Maurice and I were up there. And um, I met with 
Chad's mom and his sister Mandy had also passed away, but his oldest sister Jen was there. So they we all came out to dinner, and um, uh, they brought the jacket. And she said, "I just Aww. I could not bring myself to bury him with it. I just couldn't. Oh, wow. I just couldn't." She said, "I I know he probably would have wanted it, but I I just couldn't. I couldn't." So she brought it, and it was quite remarkable wow. to look at that thing again and see all the different, you know. And I, right. I put the years that I'd signed it and the this and the that. Um, it's, uh, it was great. So yeah. I, I know I've rambled for a long time, but that, that story is sort of the archetype to what happens all the time. Right. It's mind-blowing. And, and again, not just to me. You, you can vouch for Tara and all the other folks on yeah. that show. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the, all, all the girls, uh, everybody on the show, girls and guys who have done the voices on Pony, similar stories and I've yeah. been at uh you know I've been at Comic Cons with Peter Cullen for oh, the Transformers panels that? where you see these uh these people come up and start talking and Peter, you know, he takes it so seriously. I've been at Comic Cons where Peter's gotten off stage because yeah. somebody's talking to him about how much Optimus Prime meant and, and they start terrible. crying yep. and he jumps right off that platform and goes and hugs them and then he, everybody wow. stands up. It's he is the real deal. It, it really and you know it is what you say. I mean I think that I've always said this about working in animation that Nobody works in animation for the recognition or the acclaim <laughs> right. or the money because we don't oh, get no. any of them. If you work in animation, you're just doing it because you love it. <laughs> and uh, and so you really do see, though, that like the way it affects people. Oh. And, you know, you're not – it's not – people don't – people won't recognize you on the street. You know, you're not going to walk around and get uh, oh you know, get all, no. the, all the acclaim. But somebody, will, but somebody will hear you say something in a certain voice and they'll go, wait a minute. Are you – and great? you see their eyes light up and, well, they, be, and, and they turn into kids. Totally. And yeah. you mentioned Peter Cullen. Uh, I I, I um, work on a couple of different shows, at, uh, you know, all over town and stuff. And I've been in a, a, a circumstance in which uh, I'll hear from the producers, "Hey, man, we're bringing uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker in today to do these characters because they want Optimus and I mean Megatron. that vibe." Yeah. 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 Everybody shows up in the studio. Oh yeah. <laughs> all the artists, all the storyboard people, oh, all yeah. the writers. And it is the most remarkable thing. And I, re- I'm, uh, I was directing the voice director on a particular show, and I said, Frank, uh, when we do your mic check, I mean, uh, Peter, I said, when we do a mic check, I just want you to say Autobots oh. roll out. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't say anything to the boys and girls. There were probably 12, 30 to 40-year-olds, you know. And so I said, uh, Peter, that's great. Can we get a – just give me a level for your mic? Said, Autobots roll out. And they all just – it's like somebody, like, it was like this electronic shock. It's funny. It's funny. These had the very first Transformers record I ever went to, where I was the executive on the show. Same thing happened. I had, I was exci- I was excited to of meet course. these guys. Peter Cullen comes. In. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is Peter. He's like, he's so nice oh, and he, he's just this sweet, he's the greatest guy. And he's like, oh hi, it's me, Peter. Whatever. And you're like, oh, you shake his hand. He's wearing his plaid shirt yes. that he always wears to record. Always a natty dresser. Yeah, yep. always. <laughs> and he gets in there, and you're like, hey, Peter. You're like, yeah, I'm ready. He takes a little sip of his thing, and you're like, all right, you're ready to go. And you're like, all right, let's go. And then he, all of a sudden, he just goes. When I was on oh. Cybertron. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, 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 and it is never not perfect. Maurice LaMarche uh, is a big, you know, animation animation geek. And he uh, – I remember when he was going to see the first Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And because we all know each other – he said he didn't know – I think a lot of people didn't know whether Frank and Peter were going to be the voices of the characters in the live-action movies. Right, right. So Maurice texted me from the Chinese theater and said, dude, this place is packed. And as soon as Optimus came on screen, there was this kind of hushed quiet and it was Peter when he opened his mouth. And the audience started screaming oh, yeah. that it was – no that, it, that they got – Peter. It's the right voice. Nobody else can do it. Yeah. Nobody can do it. And I am so proud to be in a business in which we share these stories and we all act like a bunch of 10-year-olds because it's, it's a, it's a, it, it gets people literally where they live. Yeah. Um, and I am – I know it sounds like, uh, like, dude, you didn't know that. Well, I, I didn't know that until the last probably 10 years. Yeah. So – now I have this wonderful opportunity as a result of what was a bit of a hassle for me for a few months and kind of changed my life. But now as a result of nice people like you and others, I have a chance to say, hey, here's what happened. I did this. And you never know when 
a, a little story is literally going to change someone's life or right. literally going to say, you know, I can do this. My favorite, you know, Rob's my favorite voice actor. And you know what? He had throat cancer. I've got a problem or, you know, I'm, I'm broke right now. Whatever it is, I can get through this. If Just like I said, if all these kids right. and their parents can put on their pants the next day after they bury their Chad, yeah. I can get through this. So, you know, in, in a, in a, I'm living that axiom that we're all in this together. We really are. Mm. And in this, especially with the new opportunities to reach people like that, with situations like this, we really can make a difference with people whom we will probably never meet in Iceland right now. Yeah. It's crazy. So shame on me if I don't take a chance, the opportunity to do that. And it all comes back. It really, really does. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't think, I don't think Peter and Frank have had more fun in their lives than they are now. They're both, they're both well into their 70s. Yeah. And I've been with them on many occasions where I'll look next to them and Frank will look at me like, can you believe this? And their line is... I mean out the door. And it's not a bunch of eight-year-olds. No. No, of course not. It's a bunch of 40-year-olds. Totally. <laughs> right. And they're <laughs> thrilled. Same thing happened with Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. I had uh, uh, Mark He's Hamm my white whale, Conroy. Oh, my God. He's I the got to catch him that, one day. That boy, when he opens, he's been on my podcast a couple of times. Yeah. And man, when he opens his mouth, it's also really, <laughs> I've, I've seen him, um, sat next to him at New York Comic Con, and he would have a microphone. And every 15 minutes or so, he'd stand up in his chair and he'd say, uh, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. And the audience. <laughs> now, what's, now, what is your version of that? Like, yeah, now, what, now what do you stand up and my say? My version. Well, you say, ask me, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? This Pink, is my version. Uh, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, John. But if Jack's black and Betty's white, is Marvin gay? No. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. There it is. That's a new one. That, I like that one. That's good. Thank you. I think so. I think so, John. But if Jimmy cracks corn and nobody cares, why does he keep doing it? Point. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or hello, nurse. I mean, it just makes people so happy. Here's yeah. my real question. I've been thinking about this through this entire thing, and I really need to know the answer. Please. Do you do you know all the countries of the world by heart? You want to hear it? I do. Oh, oh, oh. I, I know like the first verse and I can't get past it. I've, I've tried I, for I, mean, years. I, I have never asked him to do this because oh. he does it all the time. And so I'm like, I try to be I unique. My friends, I yeah, do it for people I, I, I don't know. I'm this now is... looking forward to this like nobody's business because <laughs> I didn't ask it. I didn't ask it. I'm so, so now... glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it goes something, as they say, like this. <clears throat> United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guiana, and still, Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, and French Guiana, Barbados, and Guam, Norway, and Sweden, and Iceland, and Finland, and Germany, now on peace, Switzerland, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Italy, Turkey, and Greece, Poland, Romania, Scotland, Albania, Ireland, Russia, Oman, <laughs> Bulgaria, Saudi Arabia, Hungary, Cyprus, Iraq, and Iran. There's Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, both Yemen's Kuwait and Bahrain, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Belgium, and Portugal, France, and Denmark, and Spain, India, Pakistan, Burma, Afghanistan, Thailand, Nepal, and Bhutan, Cambodia, Malaysia, then Bangladesh, Asia, and China, Korea, Japan, Mongolia, Laos, and Tibet, Indonesia, the Philippine Islands, Taiwan, Sri Lanka, New Guinea, Sumatra, New Zealand, then Borneo, and Vietnam, Tunisia, Morocco, Uganda, Angola, Zimbabwe, Djibouti, Botswana, Mozambique, Zambia, Swaziland, Gambia, Guinea, Algeria, Ghana, Burundi, Lesotho, and Malawi, Togo, the Spanish Sahara is gone, Niger, Nigeria, Chad, and Liberia, Egypt, Benin, and Gabon, Tanzania, Somalia, Kenya, and Mali, Sierra Leone, and Algeria, Dahomey, Namibia, Senegal, Libya, Cameroon, Congo, Zaire, Ethiopia, Guinea, Bissau, Madagascar, Rwanda, Mayor, and Cayman, Hong Kong, Abu Dhabi, Qatar, Yugoslavia, Crete, Mauritania, then Transylvania, Monaco, Liechtenstein, Malta, and Palestine, on Fiji, Australia, Sudan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I have always wondered. I mean, I'm like, he had, he had the ball in front of him. He doesn't know it all by heart. Well, he so there's, there is nothing here. He, we just <laughs> yeah. watched that happen. There's well, absolutely nothing here. Okay, but check this out. And the fellow who wrote that, <laughs> Randy Rogel, wrote pretty much all the other anime. Not all of them, but the ones most people know, like... Uh, <clears throat> Um, it's a great big universe, and yep. we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> you might think it's your essential, try and consequential. It's a big universe, and you're not. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little worn out today, but you get the gist. <laughs> uh, but the states and the capitals, the presidents, Randy yep. wrote all that. Um, so 
he, uh, he and I have this lovely licensing deal with Warner Brothers by which we're able to take the music and animation of Animaniacs and travel around the country doing it with orchestras. And it's just spectacular. Oh, that's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, Randy saw a video of me singing his song one day. And there was a person who asked a question after I got done and they said, Mr. Paulson, um, no offense, but, you know, that, that song isn't in the country. The world has changed a lot. And I said, oh, well, come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta write a song. <laughs> so, Randy, God bless him, he says, You know, Rob, he's right. So, Randy had like, what, 12 minutes on a Tuesday and wrote the following as an adjunct. Oh, <clears throat> check this out. Here we go. Pretty new. <clears throat> Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldova, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, hey, Kazakhstan, hey, then the Tajikistan too, hey, Turkmenistan, woo, Kurdistan, Armenia, Tongupalu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S. Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau and Crimea, then Eritrea, Ukraine and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast and Cape Verde, Andorra, the Solomon Islands, Dubai. <laughs> and you know, look, incredible. I'm good at my job, but we live in Hollywood. You can throw a dart and hit a good singer. Mm. You can't throw a dart and somebody who can write that. Yeah, that yeah, that has always been my like. I, I mean, I remember watching that. I mean, probably watching it the first time it came on because yeah. you know. But I remember the mm-hmm. first time I saw that, I was like, "This show is bananas." It is. And Animaniacs was just completely bananas. Well, it's the first song I did for Animaniacs. I probably did 25 songs on that show. Mm -hmm. And that was the first song I recorded for for that particular series. And I had not yet met Randy. And I clearly remember – I read music. So I had the music in front of me and I was listening to a click track, guide track of my headphones on. I was sitting next to my wife. She was watching TV and I said – I started – she said, what is that? I said – Check this out. <laughs> and I, so I was reading it. And she said, that's, you know, what, crazy. And I said, yeah, I, I think I'm really onto something here. Because if this is the first song, this is, is going to be a killer show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we did it in one take. But I had worked on it for a week and I had the music in front of mm-hmm. me. But again, it's, it's not false modesty. Like I said, I'm comfortable and I'm good at my job. But it fits together so beautifully. It's mm. such a brilliant piece. It's a simple melody. Everybody knows it. But the way it fits together, and if you look at the cartoon, Yakko spends his time on North America, then he goes to Asia, yeah. then he goes to – it's genius. Two minutes and 20 seconds, and it's one of the seminal pieces of animation, I think, of the 90s. Mm. A oh, for sure. beautiful piece. Um, and then, of course, Randy proceeded to write so many of these – won half a dozen Emmys for his music, you know. Um, but when he and I get a chance to go around and do that show, that music with, uh, again, it's a bunch of 40-year-olds who come out to see it. Absolutely. And what's really lovely is when we play it with like an 80-piece orchestra and the kids, you know, they're all professional musicians, so we'll be doing it with a band who is, you know, last week uh, Renee Fleming was in and the week before Yo-Yo Ma was in and they're all doing typical stuff at a concert hall. So they come in and they're all pros and you open know. the door. Open the door real open quick. Door. Sorry, uh, Rob. That's okay. R- Ryan is – this Hi. is Ryan Satin. Hi, Ryan. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, st- I'm still working out there, but I grew up watching Pinky and I'm the sorry, Brain. I'm sorry. You threw up watching Pinky and the Brain? I'm old. I have to hear you. Sorry. And, uh, oh, aren't you a smart boy? <laughs> no. <laughs> See? And that shit happens all the time. It's the best. I literally just heard it through the door oh. muffled. <laughs> And texted 10 people about how cool that was and how that made my month. I was like, and, and I wasn't even Thank positive, you, but I, he, he said Animaniacs. Yep. And then when I, I was like, oh, my God, uh, that's Pinky who just walked in. So yes. That was one of the coolest things I've heard in a while. So <laughs> Who awesome. knew Pinky was old enough to be your grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Thank you, my friend. You what a pleasure. There Thank you, you go. buddy. That's what happens at Geek, cool yeah. geek, uh, geek Buddies HQ. Yeah, that, <laughs> that can happen. That was Ryan Satin from the Pro Wrestling Sheet. He texted me. He goes, uh, I love Pinky the Brain. Hearing him do the voice through the wall just now made my month. So I was like, get in here and tell See, him that. that's, that's the stuff yeah. that happens all – it happened today at the mall, for God's sake. I was shopping with our friend yeah, Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. And I, I don't know. One thing led to another and one of the other salespeople came out and said, are you, are you really you know, Yakko? And I said, well, 
if I'm going to lie about something, I'm going to be lying about being Brad Pitt's brother so I can get chicks. <laughs> you know? uh, yes, I really am. And what is your name? And immediately she's, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she was, I don't know, 35. But it was, it was just miraculous. Mm. And again, it's the character. It's the... It's the when it works, as you guys know, you know, you write and produce. I don't do anything but act and sing. But when it works, it's magic. Yeah. Whether it's Mel Blanc or Frank or Peter or Tress or Dan Castellaneta, when you have something that just works. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it and it's timeless. Right. Long after I'm in the dirt, it'll it's just like, oh, my God, I grew up watching a show 60 years ago. And you know what? It's still pretty damn interesting. <laughs> I love that stuff. Look at Bugs. Yeah. Still 70 doing years it. old now. Bugs yeah. Bunny. So, yeah, we're, we are. That's one gray hair. That's uh, right. Listen. Wow. Ah! There it is. That's the joke, folks. That's walking why he writes them. That's why he writes them. Walking rim shot, baby. <laughs> well, listen, we got to wrap up because we're at okay. the hour mark. Uh, Rob, I'm so sorry we took so much of your time. I was mm. only thinking half an hour, but like an Are you hour. you kidding me? Thank you so much, no, man. No, listen, you guys, you gave me so much rope, and you allowed me to, <laughs> to, to hang myself on the most glorious gallows because you're, honestly, it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to chat with any of us. Um, we are all in the fans. I'm sure need, uh, know this. And if they don't, they need to. Those of us who are in uh, particular in show business by and large, but in animation in particular, um, we know how lucky we are. Yeah. And when we get a chance to come out and meet you folks uh, who tell us the extent to which ponies or turtles or uh, Ghostbusters or Transformers G.I. Joe, name it. The extent to which these characters not only entertain you, but l- sometimes they'll even say, you know, save me. You got me through my parents' divorce. You mm. got me through being, I was in the foster home system from the time I was six months old to 18. And as long as I, I went to five new homes, and every time I went to a home, as long as there was, thank God, a television, I could watch whatever. And I was okay. Mm. Now I'm fine. Here's my family, and you will never know what dot, dot, dot meant to me. So, Thank you, because um, we are all uh, really in this together. And I always say at the end of my podcast that laughter is the best medicine. The cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free, you know. <laughs> and um, you're looking at four guys here who are lucky enough to know that that works. But uh, it's a pleasure. So thank you guys very much. Thank, well, thank you. you. Um, uh, it's Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. And like I said, it's coming out October 8th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. And what can you tell us about Animaniacs coming back? How close is that? Oh, well, it's, got, it's going to be out next year. And from what I understand, Mr. Spielberg's doing it, too. And then the next question, John, is probably, are you going to be on it again, Rob? <laughs> I mean, Yakko, excuse me. <laughs> let's just put it this way. <clears throat> if I were in a Senate subcommittee hearing, I would say, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> and then I would go. With a big win. <laughs> I think Warner Brothers want to make their own announcement from the water tower. Of course. So they're the guys that have paid for my pops. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm telling you, uh, about. I think it was early this year, or maybe it was last year, mm. uh, uh, the word was out that Hulu is going to be out of the action, yes. Pinky and the Brain again. And just that got a lot of people yeah. excited. Yep. Um, both... Hulu, uh, both Pinky the Brain and Hulu are all streaming live. Uh, Pinky the Brain and Animaniacs are all streaming live now on Hulu. Yeah, um, go catch up or uh, revisit yeah, it's, it. Yeah, it's just a it's a great time. Yeah. to be doing what we do. Um, and uh, thank you for allowing me to come and mess around with you guys. Thank you, Rob. What, what should, do you have a social media? I do. Uh, yeah, um, my Twitter is very simple at Yakko Pinky, uh, all lowercase Y A K K L P I N K Y. Um, I'm uh, Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N on Instagram. Um, and uh, just Rob Paulson, voice actor. I've got my own little Facebook page. So, um, and if you see me walking down the street, smack me in the head. You know? <laughs> I'm used to it. You know? Oh, and by the way, I do a character on Rick, Rick and Morty called Snowball. Oh, yeah. In which I, I say the following. <laughs> I say... Where are my testicles? Son? <laughs> and I can t- I can categorically say, having been married for thirty plus years, I know precisely 
or my testicles. <laughs> with, your, with your parole officer. That's right. With my parole officer. In a box. And she has a lovely purse. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, you guys. It was a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Rob. Thank you guys. Well, that was Rob Paulson here uh, on The Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for downloading this episode, listening to it, or watching it. And uh, what do you um, want to say, Mikey? I want to say, say goodnight, Pinky. Oh, goodnight, Pinky. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on The Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.